never had intended to to have a popular astronomy stream on Twitch. Um, my son is a competitive gamer, and about four years ago, he introduced me to Twitch, and I started watching some of the personalities on there, and I realized this was kind of a new form of media. Anyway, so so this guy Time Path just chimes in on the chat, and he says, "Hey, could you could you show me the Andromeda Galaxy?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." I'm over here in Iran. I'm in Tehran, Iran, and I can't afford a telescope. And I'm here with my son, and I want to show him. As a kid, I used to do astronomy with my dad, but we don't have a telescope now. And I was wondering if you could show him that. I said, sure. So, so I'm showing him that, and pretty soon, people started coming in and asking me to show him stuff. And then we started yucking it up like you do on Twitch, and and this kind of culture started developing. Econ Greg, an economics professor and amateur astronomer who is becoming a rising star on Twitch because he is live streaming his observing sessions through his telescopes with all of us. He's with us today on Space Junk Podcast, so let's get started. Hello everyone and welcome to Space Junk, a weekly podcast dedicated to the amazing hobby of amateur astronomy. Each week, we'll bring you interesting and fun discussions with an eye towards providing you with the latest information and advice on the tools, gadgets, software, and techniques for maximizing your enjoyment of the night sky. Your hosts are Tony Darnell from DeepAstronomy.Space and Dustin Gibson from OPT Telescopes, a world leader in telescopes and accessories. So Greg, what's up, man? Welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Appreciate you inviting me here, and uh, this, is a, this is a treat for me for sure. It's it's been awesome watching everything kind of develop with what you're doing on Twitch. We we got to dive right into that because some of it is super innovative. And um, I really, when you first told me about the optoscope, I was like, yeah, that's a really cool idea. But it sounds like one of those. Uh, there's no way that's going to work, especially anytime soon. And then you guys had that thing running. Tell us about that. Yeah, we're just waiting on you to get me a scope, and we were good to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, that that idea hatched early on. Maybe we'll go back a second and kind of let you know where the stream kind of developed in the first place and how it came about. I was talking to Tony about this earlier, and it turns out uh, I, I never had intended to to have a popular astronomy stream on Twitch. Um, my son is a competitive gamer, and about four years ago, he introduced me to Twitch and I started watching some of the personalities on there. And I realized this was kind of a new form of media. These were, these were jobs that had just come out of nowhere, you know, professional video game streamer. And, uh, and I, you know, I teach economics, um, as a profession. So I would tell my students that, you know, there's, there's new jobs being created every day. You just got to look around for them. And, uh, so I got into that, that, that whole world, that whole culture with kind of supporting my son and his gaming uh, interests and uh and it, it, it he uh he, he kept kind of bugging me he said he'd see me doing my astronomy and he said you know all of your all of your astronomy is is all software it's all just you know digital you know you could you could stream that on twitch you could you know, get streamlabs obs and, and stream that and i can watch you do your astronomy from atlanta I, i'm down here in macon georgia and my dad is also about five hours away and uh he's almost 80. He has his 80th, birth, 80th birthday coming up here this month. And so, you know, I figured I could stream my astronomy into him. He's interested in this stuff and he could watch it also. So we, uh, we, my, my son set up my whole platform so I could broadcast it and knowing Twitch, we just put it through there. And I just started streaming uh, my sessions to my dad and to my son. And uh, after about a week, people started checking in 
And I'd notice there'd be like seven people in there. I'm like, <laughs> who the hell is watching me do my astronomy? This is kind of creepy. And they would, uh, <laughs> they would, so they would just, voyeurs. <laughs> yes. Like what's going on here. And then at one point, this guy, his name was uh, the time path. And by the way, on Twitch, you have all of these classic gamer names, like, uh, you know, I will destroy you 69. Yeah, you I, know, know, I didn't know I was have... supposed to do that, man. I have the worst Twitch name ever. Mine is just Dustin Gibson. <laughs> yeah, you're... And it's like, I got on there and it was like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. look at this lame guy. He doesn't know how Twitch works. You know, I, I didn't know I was supposed to be cool like that. <laughs> Yeah, that that's the culture there, right? It's the it's the '69 Fart Lord 420 is like the most popular name, and uh, it's so so you Fart have to kind of yeah, you got to kind of embrace that that kind of young gamer mentality to to kind of fit in over there at Twitch, and so so anyway, so so this guy Time Path just chimes in on the chat and he says, "Hey, could you could you show me the Andromeda Galaxy?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." Um, who are you? And he's like, well, I'm time path. I'm a, I'm over here in Iran. I'm, I'm in Tehran, Iran, and I can't afford a telescope. And I'm here with my son and I want to show him as a kid. I used to do astronomy with my dad, but we don't have a telescope now. And I was wondering if you could show him that. I said, sure. So, so I'm showing him that. And pretty soon people started coming in and asking me to show him stuff. And then we started yucking it up like you do on Twitch. And, and this kind of culture started developing. And after a while I started kind of advertising myself as the unholy matrimony between Twitch culture and astrophotography, because that's what it was. It was just this weird blending of things that, that hadn't been done. So you, you talk about innovative, it just kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't a plan, wasn't anything I meant to do. It just happened. That's how you know it's going to be big, because that stuff just comes out. When it's organic, it's real, it's it, it, it's got good foundation, and you know it's going to be huge. So um, so you started doing this how long how long ago? Uh, that was October, so what, five months ago? Oh, so this is pretty new stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it took off fast. It started growing. I got a, after about a week of that, it went from, you know, two viewers to uh, to seven or eight or nine viewers. And all of a sudden, it was, I was at 10 or 20 viewers. And then I got raided by uh, Daz Valdez, who does, um, Daz, or Daz Valdez, who does a, a Kerbal Space Program on Twitch right. and a super popular streamer. And he raided me. And at the time, I didn't know what a raid was. What, I still don't. And all of a sudden, what, I what had 50 people. <laughs> so so when you have an audience at Twitch, maybe you'll have 100, 200 people in there watching you stream. At some point, after about 10 hours, you're done streaming. And then you got you to gotta leave. You got to cut them off. And you got this community of your friends there. And it's kind of rude just to hit the you know delete button and leave. So what you do is you gather up everybody and then you go find another streamer who's currently streaming and you drop all of your viewers oh, wow. in their channel yeah. and it's a raid and they, and they go in there, they're completely disruptive. They start, you know, just, just spamming chat with all kinds of garbo and, uh, and it's fun. And then the person is very appreciative because they just went from having 50 people in the room to having mm -hmm. a couple hundred in the room. Um, and that's how you grow your stream is, is you have to have your elevator speech ready for people to come in and say, you know, hey, guys, welcome to the stream. What we're doing here is, you know, X, Y, Z, and you're off to the races. But I had my first raid and uh, had like 200 people in there. And I'm like, okay, now I got to, now I got to perform. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he, Das Valdez is really good, cool too, because he does the launches uh, down here in, in uh, Cape uh, Kennedy. And yep. so he's, you know, he, and he does a really good job and he's a lot of fun with, uh, with KSP as well. So <laughs> yeah, oh, he's, I, he's I, a pro. I, I watched, he was one of the first people I started watching on Twitch. So yeah, that's big. That's huge.
Yeah, he's a pro, and I, I, I started watching him I feel like a we're lot. witnessing the evolution of outreach well, right now with these new tools. You know, I mean, you think about if you if you went and stood on the corner outside in your local city, like you would get maybe, you know, I, I've asked, what, 100 people through there looking at the telescope or something. But you can jump online and do this and show people deep space images live from wherever they are and reach thousands and thousands in a night doing the same thing and having an open discussion the same way, right. if not more efficiently than you could if you were just standing outside, you know? Oh, hundred percent. And it's, it's a global audience as well, not just your neighborhood. Right. So, um, you've got people from, you know, I've got viewers in Indonesia. I've got a lot of Danish viewers. <laughs> I'm the number two streamer in, uh, in Slovakia right now, because one of the uh, top streamers in Slovakia raided me one night, dropped a thousand people in my room. And, uh, and all these Slovakians apparently love astronomy, and uh, so now they they come in and they 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 they'll just spam the chat with all kinds of Slovakian. I have no idea what they're talking about, but it's it's fun. I don't care. I'll, I'll so show them stars that, all night long. And we were. We, I was going to say, what is that process okay. like? You That's said right. you know you've got to have your elevator pitch ready, and you know you really have to be ready to to get on stage in that way. But you're you're doing this for so long. I mean, hours in a night. It's not like you're you're jumping on for thirty minutes and then you're gone. How long is a typical stream? Right. So I I average probably six hours per stream. Um, I'll start get going about seven or eight, depending on the time of year. Um, as late as nine, you know. Sometimes in the summer it doesn't get dark until nine down here. Um, so I'll start at, at seven, eight, or nine, and and end up going until two, three, four in the morning. Sometimes till sunrise. So I've done eleven and a half hour streams. One thing, this long format is completely bizarre. I still have not figured this out, but um, my average viewer will stay there for an average of five and a half or six hours. And uh, I'm like, that's just unheard of to have someone's attention for that long in this day and age, right? So, Well, the way I've heard it's working is that one of the advantages to these super long format uh, you know, streaming content is they will put it on in the background. Some people will put on something just so they can relax, just so they can get their mind off of whatever is bothering them that day. And they will put up Twitch uh, as is a sort of an ambient thing that's in the room. And then they'll interact, you know, when something catches their eye or, or whatever. So it's uh it's sort of like having someone in your room with you, you know, while you're trying to decompress or de, you know, just sort of, you know, get, over the day or get over your stresses of the day, it's being used a lot in that way. And so, uh, that's one, I, it's one of the things I've heard anyway. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. I've, I've had a lot of feedback in that, in that direction where people have just said, you know, I've got the space music going in the background, just a little, you know, cosmic sounding music. That's just kind of mellow. And, and the joke was that I was the Bob Ross of, of astrophotography. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> Which and <laughs> you don't want to minimize that, right? That's huge because he, he had an enormous audience for that very same reason. It's sort of like a, before ASMR got big, uh, it, you know, there was Bob Ross. And so it's a very similar thing. And I'm not saying that's what's going on in your channel, but one of the reasons people stay on for multi hours is that they are, uh, there with you, but they're getting other things out of it in the, in the background as well. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely the case. And, I, and I'm, I'm more than honored to be called the Bob Ross of, of, of astronomy. Sure. So how do you yes. balance this, Greg? I mean, with like, yeah. you have a, you have a, you, I mean, a job you have to go to. How do you balance six and seven hour streams with that? Um, I don't know. I'm just doing it. Uh, so I, you know, it's so weather dependent, you know, luckily as a professor, my, my courses are fairly concentrated on Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, so, so I kind of have these, 
you know, gaps in the week when I can stay up late. I, I typically don't do a lot of sleeping as it is. Uh, I, I am busy. I, I have, uh, you know, I've got a full-time job as a professor. I also run a consulting firm um, that does uh, digital media marketing. And uh, I, I don't have a lot of uh, hours dedicated to that, but there is some some requirement on my time. And I also do a lot of uh, litigation work and we're, we're doing some pretty big class action lawsuits right now and damage assessments and things like that. So my, my other persona as an economist is a pretty busy guy, but um, I don't know, I'm, I'm happily single right now. And uh, I've got a lot, of, a lot of time on my hands. My son's in college, so I don't have the daily, you know, uh, routine with, with raising a kid anymore. And that's kind of an empty nester all by myself. So it's given me a lot of time to develop this this online community. And, and I just, I crave it. I, I, I want to be with, with the folks out there. No, it's, it's awesome. It's a really entertaining stream. You know, I try to jump on there as often as I can. I, it's rare that I'm going to be able to do five or six hours, but you know, I try to pop in when I can and it's always entertaining. I think half of the entertainment comes from, you know, the viewers and just the comments you see coming through, you know, it's, it's some of these people are so funny with the things they say and just, you can tell, they're waiting for that moment that they can just inject this comment that they've had brewing for the longest time. But, but some of it's funny, man. Some of it's really funny. Oh, they crack me up. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoy the, the, you know, interacting with them and, and we try to keep it light, try to keep it fun. We've developed yeah. a lot of, uh, a lot of memes and, you know, we've got a lot of flat earthers coming in there. We got a lot of alien conspiracy theorists, you know, area 51 folks in there. And, and we, we try to humor them and not be, so pretentious and snarky right. that we run people off. I mean, just, just have fun with it and try to out troll the trolls sometimes. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't like that about, uh, especially some of these science streams is when it's like, look, everybody already gets that you're smart. You don't have to come on here and prove it to everyone. Just like relax a little bit, let everybody enjoy this. Like nobody has to be here, you know, and, and your stream definitely is not that where it's, it's definitely not something where you come in and you're going to get lectured to for six hours but it's a it's a great conversation it's super fun and um it's been amazing to watch it progress and progress it definitely has i mean it is growing insanely rapidly and now you've got this optoscope going and um yeah I mean, that idea is truly I don't, I don't know a word outside of innovative for it well yeah thanks for that i uh couple of things on that. First, it was early on with the stream when I the core group kind of settled in in the first month or so. Um, and I, I just know these guys as their handles. So Fooney and Architufus and uh, Time Path and Third Rock Astronomy, um, 8Key12, just this whole group of, group of folks that were coming together. And uh, one of the- I recognize one of the, some of those names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Star, starch face. I mean, there's a bunch of them yeah, out there. Arctufus and Third Rock. I definitely I know those yeah, guys. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're all over the place. They won't shut up. But that's cool. I love them. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and Thir Third Rock was one of the first guys to be doing online um, astronomy streaming. He's just in Seattle. So he's just got bad luck with the weather there. But, but uh, yeah, so, so that core group early on, you know, really helped me out. They were, they were saying things like, uh, where's your discord server? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you're, gonna have to, you're gonna have to help me out. And so literally one of my viewers built me a discord server and got that up and running. And now that's, you know, econ Greg's astronomy hub over on discord. It's like a very popular hangout for people to chat, talk about telescopes and stuff like that. But in those discussions over on discord, people started saying, Hey, Greg, why don't we, 
why don't we let it, why don't you let us control your scope? And I was like, hell no, <laughs> no, I don't want you guys. Uh, Get away from my stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't mind sharing astronomy with you guys, but I don't, I don't want you. That's why I'm streaming this. I don't want you touching don't, don't my touch stuff. my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it, we, we, we went back and forth with that and it was, um, you know, there's two camps. One that one that was like, no, we want control of, of a scope there, and the other camp was saying, no, that's silly. They're gonna they're gonna make that scope dance around and and point it at, at your butt or something. You know, it's just gonna be silly. Don't don't do that. And so we went back and forth on it for a while, and uh, and then we started talking with you guys, Dustin, over at OPT, and you were you were super upfront. You're like, hey, whatever you guys need, you let me know. And I took that back to the guys. It's like, you guys want to do a scope that you can control? I think Dustin's gonna hook us up. And, uh, and they got excited and we started thinking about the optimal scope that could be a viewer controlled scope so that I could still have mine. I could still do all of my things that I do with the stream. And then we could have a second scope that would be controlled by the viewers and people jumped on board. We got people all around the world programming this thing for us, um, getting the, the command software up and running. We've we're on our third iteration. We actually, after our first stream with the Optoscope last Friday, uh, we scrapped the entire platform and built a new one in the last week. Wow. And uh, because it wasn't working the way we wanted it to. So, so we got a lot of those kinks worked out. So we're going live again this Friday and who knows, we'll, we'll bump into more problems. I kind of liken it to Elon Musk blowing up rockets on boats until he did it. And that's what we're doing. We're just going to blow up some more rockets until we get this thing landed. And uh, yeah, I was watching that stream. I was watching that stream where you guys were, it was something happened. I guess, it, I don't know what time it was about 11 o'clock. I was watching it and it was, it wasn't doing something. And you, you have a helper also, don't you? Or maybe you have many people who help. Yeah. You. That court, uh, Fooney is I, the main guy. Yeah. Fooney is the guy. Fooney, that's that's the charge. one. That was the, yeah. So he was okay. Or he or she was, was the one that was, uh, commenting that they were working out some bugs and things like that. So, yeah. but the idea is really simple, right? It's just a user controlled scope where all you have to do is be watching in Twitch and you can just type in like Andromeda and then watch the scope move to it. It puts it in queue yep. and then starts showing you images of whatever you want to see. Yeah. And that, that came out of this, this, you know, whenever I have, whenever I'm back there doing my stream, you know, new viewers will come in and say, Oh, what, what are you doing? And like, Oh, I'm showing people, you know, the stars with my telescope. That's a live image. Yeah. How are you doing that? There's a camera on my scope. So I go through the whole routine, tell them what, you know, how it's actually working. And then inevitably they'll say, well, can you show me Saturn? Right? They all want to see Saturn. I'm like, no, Saturn's not even up right now. Like it's, or it's behind a tree or something. So I can't show you Saturn right now. And so part of this whole optoscope idea was to say, you want to see Saturn? Go ahead and, and punch it in. And you control that scope over there and have at it and, sh and go see what you want to see. Um, so it's, it's, it's tricky. There was a lot of moving parts. It seemed like a pretty simple idea on the surface, but there's a, there's, we're juggling a lot of balls to keep that thing going and we think we got it dialed in now uh should be should be good to go on the next stream um but we're going to keep ironing out the kinks there's a couple of you know there's just you know that's here's 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 an issue that, that we're still working we're still problem shooting for instance if you're watching if you're if someone's looking at the moon to look with the 10 inch scope which is the optoscope is a newtonian 10 inch scope um and to look at the moon with that you have to have the settings you have to have the gain turned all the way down to zero basically you know the lowest iso setting on the camera and you got to be doing about a about a four millisecond exposure time so you're looking at a live feed of the moon with super tuned down settings and then someone types in that they want to go take the optoscope and go look at andromeda galaxy well looking at andromeda galaxy at zero gain for four four one thousandth of a second um you're not going to see anything it's going to be black 
So you got to crank it up to 15 seconds at 250 gain. And the, that that's the part that we're kind of working on is how to automate that part so that the, the camera will automatically adjust because no one's, no one has that software. So when you talk about innovative, yeah, no one's doing this stuff yet. So we're having to kind of build that software from scratch. So you need like a deep sky object template and a, you know, planet or moon template for the settings on the camera. And then it would just need to know what it's about to slew to and set those, yep. set those settings in. I see. Yeah. There's a lot of work in getting up. So what we're doing, think about it. We're, we're not doing astrophotography. We are doing astrophotography. I'll get back to that in a second. But, but mainly what we're doing on the stream is I'm showing you guys live feeds of what's, what's up in the sky. And to do that, it's not astrophotography where you take an hour worth of image data and then compile it, spend hours processing it and produce a pretty picture. I don't have time to do that on the stream. Likewise, we're not doing visual where you just kind of point a scope at something and look at it because that tends to be a little underwhelming sometimes with some of the faint fuzzy objects that people want to look at. So I'm trying to split the difference there and get a, get a nice like 30 second exposure that will be a rolling live feed that really shows detail. So if we're looking at the Orion Nebula, you can see the wispy clouds, you can see the, the bright core, um, and you can see a lot like the Running Man Nebula next door. And, and just so happened, we got real lucky and we had the, we had the right setup for this, the, the, the Celestron Rasa scope, that's my main scope. It's such a fast, optically speaking, a fast telescope that in 15 seconds, I can get fantastic pictures and show them to people. So that, that's been just a godsend having that particular scope. I'm like, Celestron should send me some free stuff because I've, I've been pimping them hard. <laughs> so yeah, 11 inches of aperture on that scope at F2.2. Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah it's if phenomenal. You, if you can't see it with that, you shouldn't be looking. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. been so, so cool. Well, before we leave the optoscope, what kind of what kind of camera do you have on that? Uh, so I've got a slew of ZWO cameras. Uh, so ZWO is out of China. They make they make these CMOS cameras that are designed for astrophotography. Um, my main camera is a ZWO ASI two ninety four um, MC Pro. So it's got the cooling chip on it. Cools it down to minus twenty thirty degrees Celsius. Cuts the noise down dramatically. So I just have that cranked up to totally cold just to kill most of the noise. Um, and, uh, I also have a couple of 178s, uh, ZWO 178s that are slightly smaller chip. Those are better for looking at planets and things like that. Um, and, uh, and we're getting a, a ZWO 533 for the optoscope. That's one that we're kind of you know, waiting on things on back order. But once we get that, the optoscope will be dialed in perfect. And what's on it now then? With just one of those cameras, or one of yeah, I'm, I'm using the 178 right now on it, which is kind of the oh, wrong okay. ca camera for that scope. That, that's that's been an issue. We 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 contemplated the idea of holding off until we had the perfect gear, but it's like you know what, guys, we got a lot of we got a lot of problem solving to to get through here. Let's just get this going and let's get it out there. So so we yeah, you know, that's why if you saw the last stream, you know, some of the images weren't showing up properly and stuff like that. We we knew we'd have those problems, and it was a full moon to boot. So we knew there was going to be some issues, but we were able to troubleshoot things and realize what we needed to change to make it right going forward. Yeah, but even so, I noticed the the interaction you were having; people were still having fun. So it was oh still, yeah, it was still yeah. well received. So yeah. Well, this is something we talk about all the time, but space is above us every single night and not accessible in any way for most of the population of the planet and most of the generations that have ever existed. You know, you know it's there, but it's all very academic. But something like this creates an experience out of that. It's, you know, being able for the first time to 
walk around your own neighborhood and see what's there and have a level of control over that exploration instead of, well, I wonder if anyone has done this for me yet where I can see a static image of it that was taken at some point in time. Now it's like, right. I want to see Andromeda. I want to see it right now. And yeah. you, you know, you're no, giving that control yeah. to people. Yeah. It's super interactive. Um, you know, the, the, I, I've learned a ton when I first started, uh, the funny thing happened, uh, it was actually third rock Architupus and Funi were all in there. And, uh, they, they, I was, I was trying to do what I was trying to do. I was trying to show them stuff. And they're like, why, why are you using, um, RGB 24 on your camera settings? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Cause I can't, I can't get anything else to work. And like, no, go to 16 bit. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't look right. And they're like, what do you mean? Well, it doesn't look right. Well, you're not debayering correctly. I'm like, yeah, what's debayering? I don't know what that is. And, uh, and they were kind of razzing me about it. I just didn't know. I didn't know all this stuff. And, uh, and I was a rookie. And, and so pretty soon they're like, you know, they're, they're helping me out and I've become a much better astrophotographer. And that's kind of the core of what we're doing. We got a broad audience. We got people who are advanced astrophotographers who do fantastic work all the way down to total rookies who've never looked through a telescope before. And they all want to kind of come in there and see things. And we've taken people who've never done any astrophotography and they're putting pictures out. As a matter of fact, in the orbit newsletter that you guys put out, mm -hmm. Dustin, yeah. that picture was Architufus's picture. He didn't start doing astrophotography until October, until wow. we started the stream. That's when he first started with astrophotography. And he took those raw images and he did that processing. He stacked them. He put them into Photoshop and did all that stuff. And then sent me the picture back. And I, and I, you know, I forwarded it to put it on my Instagram site. And you guys featured it in your astronomy picture of the month. So. Yeah. Well, we, I had no idea he'd been doing it for such a short period of time. That image is incredible. Yeah. He, yeah. He, that's again, that Rasa gets great data. Mm -hmm. And I put those raw files up on our Google share drive and anybody who's watching can ha can get, you know, download those files. You know, there's plenty of free software, deep sky stacker, um, uh, raw therapy, GIMP, there's a couple of, of good processing packages out there. Anybody can download those images and take a hack at it. And, uh, and that's what Architufus did. And he, he's putting out phenomenal work. Yeah, the, the images are, I mean, especially from the Rasa, when you're talking about it, the time investment, I mean, it's not uncommon that I put, you know, 40 hours into an image. And then I jump on your stream every 15 seconds, I'm seeing this new image and it's, it's really fun to do. But you know, it's funny because a lot of the people following your Twitch account have, um, have found me on Instagram. I've been getting almost daily messages on Instagram now with people, uh, asking me about Twitch. And so I don't know much about Twitch outside of just, you know, being a fan of yours and, uh, you know, Skylius and a few others, you know, Fraser Kane. And so I'm getting these messages and they're like, Dustin, why don't you, why don't you do a Twitch? I'm like, I don't, uh, damn it, Greg. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm to start with on that. that one. And then, yeah, the same thing, like talking about discord and it's like, man, I, I'm sorry guys, but that's what Greg, Greg's got you covered. He's got this awesome content. Let's go back and watch that together. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's Twitch is a new platform and it's, it's well, actually, it's been around for a while. It's been around for years now. It started off as uh, Justin TV. You may have heard of that back in the day. And people were streaming. Uh, people would like stream images of their TVs showing basketball games and football games. You could kind of go do that. And I'm not sure how legal that was, but people were doing that for a while. And then it evolved into Twitch because it became kind of a video game platform. Out of that, it became a video game platform. And just recently, a couple of years ago, Amazon uh, bought Twitch for about a billion dollars. So, 
all of the all of the video game tournaments around the world, like the League of Legends, League Championship Series, and all that kind of stuff, they're all broadcast through Twitch. It's just this online live channel. It's still intimidating to a lot of uh, older bros like us. You know, we we're it's a little bit younger crowd than what we're used to, and 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 they're more they're more comfortable there. But but you know, I, I tell people it's just like YouTube, but kind of live instead of recorded videos. That's kind of what it is, and you just have to go there, open an account. And then just come into it, you know, just, just come into the channel when it's, when it's streaming, turn on your notifications, you know, we go live, show up and just watch the astronomy. Or if you're into video gaming, watch the video games or Skylius watch the, uh, you know, her, her science chat chat. Yeah. 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 She does. Same for Fraser Kane. And, and, you know, I went to, uh, to TwitchCon. I had no idea the scale of Twitch, but I went to TwitchCon this year to support Sky, um, and a, and a few others. And when I got there, I thought it was going to be like, you know, maybe just a, a typical conference type event. But I mean, they owned San Diego for the weekend. You know, the after party was all of Petco Park where, you know, the Major League Baseball team plays. It was insane. That was their after party. And so I was there and because I was with Sky, we were, you know, we were with a lot of these these top Twitch accounts. I mean, these people are making millions of dollars a year, a year just playing video games and it was like it's one of those experiences where i'm sitting there i'm like first off i'm not sure i'm supposed to be here and secondly it's like how how is this such an eclectic group like you know the people across from me are um you know these top video game players and they're talk they're telling their stories and their stories are literally about like making eight and ten million dollars on this project about video games and all of this stuff and then mm-hmm. to my right I'm eating cheesecake with one of the top porn stars in the world, Manuel Ferreira. And he's telling me like he's got like a billion views or something crazy, you know? And I'm just like, man, I I feel like I took a wrong turn. Like, how am I here? And what is this? What is this Twitch thing? And how did it go under the radar for me for so long? And how is it so big now? You know, I had no idea, but they own oh, the world, huge. man. Yeah, it, that's it's been... Uh, eye-opening thing like i said about four years ago my son got me into this and i, I started watching some of these gamers like uh, i'm a cutie pie plays league yeah. of legends funny guy he's just sitting there playing this game all day long he's streaming eight 12 hours at a time and people are in there chatting and you notice like someone would subscribe someone would hit subscribe and, and you'd say you know so and so has just subscribed to the he called it some he has a club name anyway it's he would have subscribers and, and, and i started asking around about that and i was like how much do you pay for subscription as it turns out you pay pay five bucks a month for a subscription and the the broadcaster gets gets three of the dollars and twitch gets two and i noticed that he had a couple thousand subscribers well that's six seven eight thousand dollars a month he's making in subscriptions and that's not even including donations people were donating money constantly so that they could kind of break through the chat and and you add it up, and the guy's making twenty, thirty, forty thousand a month, you know. And uh, yeah, then they get also donations and revenue from uh, from advertisements. And so these guys can be making twenty, thirty, forty thousand a month on Twitch, uh, just just playing video games. And that was very eye opening to me. And and you know, I've got a I've got a handful of subscribers. Funi was my first subscriber. It was kind of funny. It was my first week. I'm sitting out my backyard. It's like two in the morning, and this nineteen year old kid from Montreal gives me three bucks and I start sobbing because <laughs> I'm like, I'm all, I'm all touched. I'm all touched that this kid gave me money. 
<laughs> Starts sobbing. Well, it's so. definitely a yeah. <laughs> it is a grown man looking at his damn computer in his backyard, just crying because some some kid in Montreal gave him three bucks. It's, it's my you first like description me. there. You really like yeah, me. yeah. I'm, I'm doing something of value, right? This is valuable, yeah. and I, I realized, like, wow. So you know, I've got, I've had, I've got a few hundred subscribers now, so it's great. Well, let's drill down on that just a little bit because you said something to me before we started recording that I want to, I want to bring up here, and that's about the role of education uh, using Twitch where the students are. Um, can you comment a little bit about what you think this medium of live streaming can do? For educator, you're, for education, you're a full time educator yourself. Uh, you also do economic streaming on Twitch. So, can you tell us a little bit about what you think uh, this can do for education in general? Yeah, I, I think it's it's you know I, I, early on I got approached by uh, the Knowledge Fellowship, which is an online community on Twitch, just there to promote education streaming, and they actually just inducted me into their official EDU streamers. Um, to, who are there to kind of promote educational material uh, through Twitch as a platform. I think Twitch is behind this also. I haven't spoken with anybody directly about this, but I think that they're excited about this new frontier for their platform. Um, you know, you see a lot of online education kind of starting to take over at universities. Students, younger students, you know, the 18 to 22-year-old crowd, they live online. Their friends are online. Their uh, their gaming is online. They want to do their school, their education online. And my my online classes at university are filling up fast and my face-to-face are diminishing. And so my thing was, let's, uh, let's go meet these kids halfway. If, if they're not going to come to my class, I'm going to come to their Twitch. And, uh, and so I've started doing, you know, office hours there. I've started trying, trying to bring my professional expertise to them because just doing online workbooks and doing online quizzes doesn't quite expose you to the, the, the professors who've spent a lot of time learning a lot of things that, that they need to share with you. So, so we're doing that on that front. Um, on the, on the astronomy front, I've just been big on trying to, you know, break down barriers to entry and get people um, the ability to do astronomy. Um, if it's a financial barrier to entry, if it's, if it's a technical barrier to entry, if they just don't have the expertise to, to handle all the, you know, things that you have to know to do astronomy, you know, I can, I can, you know, do the heavy lifting for them a little bit and just, just trying to get more and more people into the, into the sciences who may have been traditionally, you know, underserved in that area. So that's, that's one goal of mine that's kind of developed out of the stream. Do you think that these on that the streaming, whether Twitch or elsewhere could either augment or replace, I'm thinking replace the lecture, uh, the lecture environment, I mean, I don't know fully how online courses work. It, I think it's different depending on the university. But you were saying workbooks and, and questions, and I'm sure there's tests you have to take uh, periodically throughout the course. Uh, do you think that, you know, there's any real value in sitting in a lecture hall anymore when you can do these, these streams and you can watch them anytime you want? I think this is a more efficient way to do the exact same thing. You know, in a lecture, you just everybody drives to a central location. They look for parking. They, they meander into the classroom late because they couldn't find parking. It's raining. They're wet. It's horrible. And then they sit down and you lecture for an hour and 15 minutes and everybody leaves. And all the whole time, all I'm doing is talking at people, right? As a lecturer. Well, yeah, that's what no Twitch real interaction is. in most, in most uh, lectures, are there? Correct. And, and matter of fact, it's discouraged. If, if two students want to start having a side discussion, I have to shush them because I need to you know get the lecture out. 
But in Twitch, you can have 20 side conversations going. First of all, I can I could have a thousand people in my room and lecture to a thousand instead of 30, right? Um, and secondly, you can have people having side conversations. You have people surfing the web, bringing in, you know, they're calling me out on stuff constantly. I'll, I'll say some, some garbo that's wrong. And they'll, they'll just, someone will Google it and like, just put a link up there and say, shut up, Greg, you're wrong. Oh, look, and then we're learning, right? We're all learning together. I know, I, that's happened to me too. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. Oops. I'm just guessing, you know, guessing half the time, but usually my guesses are pretty good. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I think it's, a, I think it's the natural progression of the transmittal of information through the lecture format. I think it's just the, it's the natural, more efficient way of doing it. Yeah, it seems to me that uh, the technology is there and the kids are already there. The students are already there. Uh, this yep. just seems a natural fit for the at least the lecture part of the of the class. And, and you know, it's probably a lot cheaper, although I think I don't know about your university, but many universities charge basically whatever they charge per credit hour for these courses, don't they? Are they any cheaper? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, my, my university is I'm very proud of, I, I'm a professor at Middle Georgia State University and uh, I'm a tenured professor there, but but we are very affordable. I've always been proud of that. We're we're kind of an access university for a lot of first-generation college students. And uh, so that's been part of my theme all along of you know, get, get breaking down barriers to entry, getting people, you know, into the STEM fields and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it, it's, it, it's, I think it's a much cheaper way to do things ultimately because you don't have to pay for the real estate. You don't have to pay for the classroom and the, you know, all the, the electricity and all that kind of stuff, right? That's heating and cooling. So it's just a more efficient way to deliver the exact same thing in probably a better environment. Like I said, where you can have students having side conversations, you can have, everybody has access to all the information on the internet. It spurs conversation. I've been having conversations on my econ stream um, with global financiers in United Arab Emirates, you know, we're, we're, that never happens in a regular classroom, but it's happening What's here. What's the format of the conversation? Do you just read their chats and then read and then, and then interact with them via chat? Or do you have any other way of bringing them into the stream? Yeah, I normally prepare a basic outline for what I'm going to say, but it, it lasts about 13 seconds. And then someone asks a question. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're off to the races and it can go any direction. Usually, you know, if it's astronomy, it's aliens and, and, uh, area. No, I, know, 51. I know, I know, but is it all done? Is it all done via chat? Uh, yes. There... Yeah. Okay. All right. So when you say no, you're well, talking with another economist, uh, you know, another part yeah. of the world, they're, they're just, they're in the chat box chatting Correct. with you and you're, and you're reading that. I see. Okay. okay. That being said, that being said, that's the most common way. Yeah. So uh, there'll be people just interacting in chat, but that same, at the same time, I can get on Discord and open up a, a live communications channel like we're talking now and, and interview them. So I've had people uh, three or four times come onto my stream and, and we, we just do a live kind of interview chat back and forth. Um, and that, that's, that's possible also. So that, that's, a, that's a great extension of the, of the technology that I haven't really – I mean, that's not my world. My, my world is just trying to figure out how to do astronomy, not to be a great interviewer, but that's something that – that's going to happen. I'm going to have to start getting better at that because that, that's a great tech, a great technology, great use of the technology. Yeah, I've been using it for my streams and it, it, it's great. They can just pop right in and you can talk with them. It's like a call-in show and uh, you can just talk with the people directly. I get a lot out of that, a lot of energy out of that. So I'm just curious. You know, I've, I've felt like the university system has been outdated for such a long time and I don't know why everybody clings to it so tightly, especially the universities themselves. If anything, they should be on the forefront of, you know, embracing new technology. But my first... Um, 
undergrad. I actually spent time out there by you. I went to Auburn University, just on the line there of Georgia, and um, and I felt then like this isn't measuring intellect at all. It's measuring discipline. It's like how many PowerPoints can I sit through with three hundred other people in class with me? <laughs> like how many can I do? You know, because none of this is really pushing me intellectually. At least, at least a lot of the undergrad classes. It was just like, are you willing to go sit in this room? and put up with this you know it, as you start getting into your final you know your last couple years obviously that changes but the first two years of school it felt like that every day i was like man i can learn more on google i can learn more at barnes and noble than doing exactly what you're talking to like spending 45 minutes getting to class at the university and then another 45 minutes getting home and sitting in class for 50 minutes at a time and it just felt so inefficient and this yeah. this model well, you know, sounds these, like these older institutions are like that. Yeah, yeah. There's an infrastructure in place that is not going. They're going to hold on to pretty tightly. I mean, everybody wants their new geology building or you know their their new uh, uh, astronomy building, whatever it happens to be. And and you know the donors want to have their names on physical foundations of buildings. You know, you see that like with that, anything so. that has a tradition attached to it, though. I mean, astronomy is no different. Look at look at the lashback that uh, Stellina and the EV scope get. You know, people with like new ideas for simplification or even, you know, I'd say amplification of the hobby. Like we're, we're spreading this to more and more people by the day. And even the system that you've developed, Greg, I mean, look at how many people, like you said, there's no locality attached to it. You can reach the, the entire planet at any time of your choosing. And anyone with an, a casual interest can come to you free of charge if they just want to see it, if they just want to witness it or even participate. So, I mean, you're opening the door and a lot of these new products like uh, Stellina are opening the door to more and more people, lowering the barrier for entry. And it upsets. It really is very disruptive. It's strange that it, that, you know, yeah. that it's not more embraced. I don't understand why it feels to so many as something that is, you know, that they have to be defensive about, or, you know, it feels like an attack on them or the time that they've invested. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of thinking about that, that kind of thing. Cause we see a lot of, a lot of institutions um, around us that, you know, have used to, there used to be a lot of reverence for, and, and a lot of, a lot of adherence to the structure of those old institutions. And, and it's, it's an ongoing battle, right? You, you're always, you've always got the, the forces of chaos kind of going up against the, the the rigid structure. And I think there's a purpose for both of those. I think you, the structures are necessary for some cohesion in society, but they can become too rigid sometimes. And you need people to get in there and kind of shake things up. And there's always resistance. It's, it's a, it's a tug of war between those two forces. And I think we're seeing that in just about every institution right now. I mean, look at Washington, look at um, churches, look at any major in higher education, um, even the taxi cabs, right? That was an old structure with the old taxi cab medallions and Uber comes along and just demolished it overnight. You know, those forces of chaos just disrupted it and they fought it, but it was, it, it, it worked us to a better outcome. So I think all these things were in that kind of middle chaos right now. And it, it's, it's, it can scare people, I think. Well, if you can somehow, I mean, one of the values of having a degree, it's like you said, it's, there's, there's structure, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a standard there that you can be compared against. When you say, for example, have a bachelor's in physics, people know pretty much what you've studied, what you, what you know and what you don't know based on your education level. And so that should always be there. 
uh, when you to, so that you, people can know at what level of knowledge you're at. But the the real revolution can be how that's delivered to you. If you are awarded that degree from a online university, then that same standard should be applied there uh, as against a, uh, a brick and mortar uh, lecture hall kind of situation. So if we could keep the standards the same, but how we deliver this information in a more effective way, more democratic way, I think uh, that's where the future of a lot of this stuff can go. You still want yeah. to be able to say, well, he has a bachelor's degree in this, and that means he knows or she knows certain things. And to be able to trust that so that when you go get a job or when you go to you know, advance your career, people have some baseline to say, ah, okay, he's got this amount of uh, training behind him. So Yeah, and it, you know, I'm a lifelong educator in higher education, so you know, I'm, I'm 100% behind more students going to college, right? But at, the same, time, you, at the same time, you see people you know, I've, so I, you know, I'm, I'm an economist, I got a PhD in economics and I've spent you know the last 20 years practicing as a professional economist. Um, now I'm pretty, pretty damn good as astrophotographer. And, it, and, you know, one thing we're doing on the stream is we had to be contacted by 8Q12, Mike, Mike Aitken. He's, uh, he's involved with worldwide variable star hunter group. And he invited me into his research group and I had no idea. I was, I was like, do you realize I'm not an astrophysicist and he's like yeah but you got a telescope why don't you help us do some of our research and i'm like okay what am i doing well help us find supernovas well just today we bagged our fourth and fifth supernova confirmation um i just wow. saw that at, at, uh, um, online wow, congratulations and so wow. we're actually doing real citizen science out there yeah thanks so we're, we're excited about that and i i give credit to the e-congregation right to the group so we, we we go hunting for these things on the live stream and everybody's looking at the reference picture and they're looking at the live feed and they're saying, oh, is that it there? No, we zoom in. Okay, rotate it left. And it's like, okay, boom, there it is. And we take the images and I upload those to the Assassin program, the All-Sky Automated Survey for Supernovas. Um, the through best Ohio State. astronomy acronym ever, I just want to uh, say. I agree. I agree. <laughs> the assassin, that's what I'm doing now because it's just it's badass. And, uh, that's right. Yeah, so, that's right. The Assassin, yeah. Yeah, the Assassin <laughs> program. And we've literally, we've, we've got five supernova confirmations and I think five or six false positives. And that's... That's a legitimate, you know, astrophysics research. If I was an astronomy professor somewhere, I could get tenure with that. So, you know, we're, we're doing real work out there. And, and so, you know, there, there's this, I, I agree, the formal education and the structure is necessary in, in many aspects, but we're, we're finding that you can, you can get, a, you can be very productive in a lot of areas with utilizing these technologies and, and, uh, and learn a lot in the process. Now more than ever, that's true yeah. because of the citizen science that's out there. So you found, so just so I can understand how the supernova stuff is working, you're using the worldwide planet hunt or the, I'm sorry, the worldwide, what's it again? Variable star? Variable uh, star hunter group. Yeah. Variable star, they, they have a plane wave, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. they, and so they, you're, you're, you're streaming on their uh, telescopes to get these supernovae confirmed or no, are you doing I'm this independently on your... Use the Rasa. Okay. So you're looking at what they're looking at, confirming their observations. Correct. So Assassin is a okay. larger uh, program. It's a worldwide network of telescopes where they, That's they're right. constantly scanning the night sky, right? And so the, the computers and the algorithms will pick up a little blip of light. And you don't know if it's a firefly or a meteorite or what. It just says, hey, there's a possible supernova here because there's a blip of light that wasn't there yesterday. That's right. um, and then, then those, we get advanced notice on those. I get the coordinates and during my live stream, I can go to those and search for that little blip of light. And if it's there, it's possibly a supernova. 
if it's not there, then then it's a false positive. And so we we get the images. I upload them to the to the assassin program. Um, they review the the work, and if in fact they, they see a supernova there, then we get published with that supernova credit for that supernova. And we've like I said, we've got five of those now. That's great. That's an excellent use of the stream too. I think that's that's beautiful. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun because it's like I never thought I'd be doing that. I, thought, yeah, I, I love some of these online you know, crowdsourcing ways of bringing together communities out there to do real science. And I just never thought I'd be the one doing so that You didn't stuff, see this coming. You didn't we're, think, we're you know, when you're getting your PhD in economics that you'd spend your days. I, I think that's what most people assume. They're like, yeah, that's what PhDs do. They they get online with fartlord.gov or whatever you call them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they spend until 2 a.m. hunting down supernovae. Yeah, that's exactly what economists get. I, I told my, my dean today as I was leaving, I was like, hey, by the way, I got another publication. He's like, what, in, in Econometrica? I was like, nah, in Astronomer's Telegram. And he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I don't worry about it. <laughs> just, yeah, look just, at who I'm published with. <laughs> Ignore the names. Yeah, I got to go see if Astrofart23 <laughs> is available. I got to get that, get that handle. Yeah, that's a brand when right there. When I first there. logged in, I Astro felt like such an imposter. Uh, 69. That's right. I got yeah. 69 in there. I felt like such an <laughs> imposter using my real name. I'm just like, oh, man. I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a rookie mistake, Dustin, but I'll give you a pass because you, you, you gave me a cool telescope. So I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get a lot of people on your, even on your Astro stream, oh, asking you, you uh, questions about um, economics. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of Bitcoin questions. I get a lot of uh, tariffs, you know, tariffs are kind of in the news right now with, with, you know, China and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I get a lot of those questions. I, I, for a while I would, I would kind of get off on a bender and start answering those questions because it was just natural for me. Um, but I, I really want to keep this astronomy focused. So, I, so that's why I started the other stream. Just to, I tell people, Hey, go, go talk to my evil twin brother over there. He's the, he's the, uh, economist. Um, I'm the astronomer guy. So, so I created an alter ego who's actually me, to, to answer those questions on that other stream. But, um, econ Greg is, is dominating. <laughs> he's, he's got, he's got much more of a viewership than, than the other guy. He's only got a few hundred followers right now. So, uh, what's, uh, let's see, you've got the, you've got the optoscope, you're working out yep. the kinks on that right now and mm -hmm. you stream most clear nights, uh, yep. that you go out and, and what is, so, What's your plan? What's what's next? Do you have any any long longer term things? Or are you just going to see how this where this leads you? So yeah, the thing has been to kind of grow the stream. That's that's that started to be my goal. You know, as I mentioned, I'm an economist and I I, I run a consulting firm, and, and many times we're consulting with businesses and trying to you know give them ways of of growing their business. And I realized, well, now I can do that for myself. I can actually take my own advice. And so I, I kind of got obsessed with with seeing you know, how far reaching we can get this thing. Um, my goal is by TwitchCon of this year, which is in September, is to have 10,000 viewers. Um, I'm up to about 4,600 or 5,000, somewhere in there now. Um, so I want to double that. Um, you know, we got, we got, we got to 4,000 in about four months. So we should be able to, in a year, um, hit, hit 10,000, grow the stream, uh, bring in more people into astronomy, um, and, and let the thing grow organically. Let, let, let the audience tell me what, what it is they want to do. And, you know, wherever that takes us, we'll, we'll, we'll see if it's more citizen science, if it's more astrophotography, uh, more general space chat. Um, I, I need to start developing content for rainy days. 
Uh, that's something I want to make. I want to make partner at Twitch. That's a that's a status that you can get once once you get big enough. And I'm right on the cusp of being able to do that. So those are those are near term and, and medium term goals. And after that, I don't know. We'll 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 see we'll see where it goes. You'll be out at you'll be at Neef in uh, New York too, right? Correct. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, that that came out of nowhere. But um, one of my viewers asked if I was going to be up at at the New England what, Astronomy Forum, um, and uh, up in upstate New York. And I didn't I, actually the, the first five times someone said you going to Neef, I had no idea what they were talking about. So I looked it up. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm going to Neef. And uh, so I went ahead and booked a ticket, and I got a hotel room, and we're going to go check out some telescopes. And I think you're going to be there, right, Dustin? You'll be there for a day. Yeah, Tony and I uh, went last year. We'll probably both be there again this year. And, um, yeah, we, we go there for, we have a documentary crew out in New York that we've been working with for a couple of years, um, on an astro documentary. Actually, we do something called telescopes in Times square. And, um, so we try to time it around the same time so that we can head over to Neef too, because it's such, it's such a cool event. I mean, there are a ton of astronomy people under one roof and you really get to talk to most of the industry there. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm glad you're going to be there, man. We'll definitely have some scotch. Yeah, so I've got a, I've got a, about five viewers that are going to meet me up there. So that'll be a first first chance to get to meet some viewers in IRL in real life. And uh, and so we've got one guy Mutari coming in from United Arab Emirates. Uh, he does a stream. He does an astronomy stream over there. He's just starting up. Um, he goes out into the desert outside of Abu Dhabi, sets up a tent, and streams astronomy from there, which is pretty cool. Um, so he's coming out. He said he'd bring me some scotch, but I, I think he's going to chicken out. He's afraid of customs, getting through customs. But, uh, <laughs> so, so I'll bring some scotch also. Well, Dustin he's gonna will definitely set you up. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's, that's half uh, the fun got, of being out there, man. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Mike Aitken, I mentioned Aitken 12. He's going he's gonna to be up there. Uh, another another streamer, Asteroid Hunters, his, him and his son. My, his name's Mike and his son, Brandon, are going to be up there. Um I'm trying to get Fooney to come down. I need to meet Fooney and buy him a cheeseburger or something because he's been so so damn helpful on the stream. Yeah, I that's all him, he gets is a cheeseburger. Uh, the world. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you need you need to hook him up with a nice scope, Dustin. If there's something you could do for Fooney, man, I'd appreciate it. He's that, that, that kid is amazing, absolutely amazing, and he he's he's working. He's doing fantastic work with a five inch Newtonian on a, oh, on an wow. EQ six arm mount. Yeah, and yeah. he does fantastic work. With, I think he's using a 1600 camera. Um, and I, I just, he's, he's just been invaluable to me with getting the stream up and running and the discord server up and running. So, so, uh, I just want to reward him as much. I've been, I've been helping him out as much as I can and, and encouraging him to kind of keep, keep plugging away. He's up in Montreal getting a degree in computer science or something. Smart kid. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I've, I've seen everything. He's constantly there chipping away at it and seems like a great person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm very impressed with him. I, I think it probably scares parents a little bit. I'm not sure what they think about this this middle aged guy down in Georgia, <laughs> like getting their son to do all this work for him for free, like can, running a sweatshop or come something. Out and play, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I borrow your son for a little longer? I need I need some computer code written for me. Yeah, nothing weird. <laughs> nothing weird. Wait till you're in New York, man. You'll see what I mean. But uh, Neef is one of the coolest places to go for if you love astronomy. But it is also the capital for awkward conversations every time. There's something there that I leave just thinking, what the hell happened? I mean, I had a guy that looked just like Albert Einstein try to fist fight me over a talk for not answering a question <laughs> fast enough. And like wow. I, I had somebody last year when we were with Tony, he was like, uh, he's like, hey, man, uh, I'm not a stalker, but I'm just like, don't 
don't start something that way. Don't start <laughs> a conversation that way. I am on guard now for the rest of the day, it no can, matter what you say. It can never go well when yeah. it starts with, um, I'm not a stalker, but. Yeah. 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 And it was Tony, and that's how we met. And then we started a podcast together. Yeah, that's right. Was, thank, thanks for that, Dustin. Yeah. I'm glad to know what you really thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do. I start my conversations that way. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not really weird, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it's been, it's been it's been fantastic getting to know you guys over at OPT. Because like I said I've, I've I was using you guys as you know a, a resource for gear. I mean, I bought my 294 camera. I bought from you guys, and uh, and it's just been great getting to know your team over there and being part of you know the affiliate with your. You know, that's the one thing. It was my first month or so when I talked to you guys, um, you and Ian and uh, Dustin and. and and yeah, I was a no, I mean, I'm still a nobody, but I was like a bigger nobody back then. And, uh, and you guys were like, you, you, you saw what I was doing. You, I think you got the vision and jumped on board fast with me. And I, and I, I appreciate all the support you guys have given me because it's, it's really allowed me to, to kind of pursue these, these kind of outlandish goals and, and achieve them. No, I think it's, it's such important work and these ideas, I love the crazy ideas. Like I live for that, you know, and I, everybody in this building really lives for astronomy and just pushing this forward and getting it to as many people as possible. And so when you hear like something like this, it's just the, what ifs all come to mind. It's like, what if this can work? What if you can set up a telescope to where no matter what people want to see, they just slew it themselves from anywhere in the world. Those ideas are so exciting that, you know, we have to we have to get a, get behind them. I mean, it's it's the entire culture of our business. It's the whole point of our business. So we're we're very proud to be part of it. Excellent. Yeah, they're, they're, that's that thing. Yeah, we we've got the whole website up and running now, where they they basically on another another uh, you know window, you open up another browser and, and you and you go to the econgreg.com uh, optoscope website, and you can enter the object that you want to go slew to. And it just puts you in line and we'll have, you know, 10 people enter objects or whatever. And, and we had, we've had 200, that first stream had 240, um, images they slewed to, and it'll slew to the image. It'll hold it there for a couple of minutes. And then, then after that's up, it'll go to the next image. Um, and it just gives people a, you know, hands-on opportunity to control a really nice, you know, 10 inch F4 scope. Um, they can, they can produce really nice pictures for them right, right there live. So the, uh, the you could see the the observing queue and where the telescope is, what it's looking right now on the on the web page. Yeah. So what you'll see is is on my stream. You'll ha you'll have the you know me at the bottom corner. You've got the mini map that shows where my Rossa scope is. You got the picture that currently is coming through the Rossa telescope, and then in the upper left hand corner, I've called it the. I've been using your name, Dustin. Sorry, the Optibox and the Optoscope. I've just been. <laughs> I know there's probably some copyright violations in there, but I'm just. I'm just like I'm gonna. You guys are giving me the gear. I'm gonna use your name, and so the Optibox is the box up at the top that has the Opt OPT logo in it, and uh, and that image that's being displayed there is what the Optoscope is showing. You go to the website to control the scope. And then the image is broadcast live through my feed as I as I as I broadcast my session. Great, that's a great tool. That's really talk about accessibility. That really does address that, doesn't it? Right, right. And it's pretty easy to find. I mean, it's just twitch.tv econ Greg, and uh, I mean anywhere on Twitch. If you just type in econ Greg, it'll it'll pull it up. But um, it's such an easy thing to join and be part of. And you know, you can just sit in the background and be unnoticed and just watch and enjoy it or you can participate as much as you want that's what i do so it, it really is yeah you incredible. can lurk lurk all you want i'm a lurker man 
I'm not, I'm not like stalking you, but <laughs> there it is. I'm, I'm, I'm looking your heart, dude. Looking hard. Yeah, I'm a, I, 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 lurking. That's a different issue, man. <laughs> no, it's a great stream. I, I, I do kind of zone out on it, and it's nice to have going, and it's very relaxing. And watching a bunch of people do astronomy and and uh, you know just kindred spirits out there, it's a great place to be. So definitely, if you haven't checked it out yet, guys. Uh, you guys listening to this podcast, go over there and, and check out it. You're streaming um, whenever it's clear, right? I mean, most yeah. most nights, or do you have a schedule? Is there something? Yeah, so so what I, what I tell people is is go to, go to twitch.tv. It's a kind of a weird address, but it's just twitch.tv front slash econ Greg, and that'll take you to my, my channel. Um, and then you hit the follow button, and then make sure that the notification, just like on YouTube or something, the notification is on. Um, and then when I go live, it's, it's just weather dependent, you know, at 8 o'clock, in the evening east coast time um, we've got a global audience so there's people tuning in at all hours of the day australia got a ton of uh, followers in australia because one they love astronomy down there because they've got great great things to see in the southern hemisphere they can't see the northern hemisphere objects so they get to see them on my stream which i think is appealing to them and it's while they're at work all day right it's during the daytime there when it's nighttime mm-hmm. here in macon georgia so they're, they're tuning in and uh and, and watching the stream all day long like that and so, yeah, just, just turn on that notification. And when I go live, it'll, it'll let you know that I'm live and then come on in and, and, and hang out. And yeah, like you said, there's, there's a, there's a vibe to it. That's just kind of chill. And a lot of people kind of just want to do that. Some people are super active and I've got a guy in London, his name is Astro B London. And whenever I go flew to an object, we're doing a messy marathon coming up in, uh, in um, March, last week of March. And he's been practicing with me on that. And whenever I slew to an object, he'll go grab off of Wikipedia or something, a description and drop it in there. Right. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're, we're off to the races, looking at things and learning about the the different things we're looking at. So, yeah, I'm going to go to a dark sky site and we're going to do an all nighter and try to see all the Messier objects in one night. Um, but I've got a guy who, who, when we've been practicing for that in some of the last streams, we, we actually bagged 75 messy objects in one night, just, just, just killing it. We did an all nighter and got you know, 75 of the 110 messy objects. And what he was doing the whole time was grabbing little snippets from online about the objects we were looking at that told you how far away they were, what they were. Oh yeah. I saw that on your stream on Friday. I saw that. Somebody yeah. was doing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Same guy. That, that's, that's, oh, that's okay. be London. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, okay. He's, He's the guy that, that that does that. So so we'll be doing that, and uh, and that's just one more thing that that we're looking forward to is that messy marathon last week in March. But you just you just have to kind of have that notify because it's going to be eight o'clock when the weather's clear. I'll tell you this much: one thing people do is they they go uh, onto our Discord server, and we have some weather facilities there where you can type in dot weather space Macon, and it'll show you the weather, the astronomy weather in Macon. And what I'm noticing people doing who like to watch the stream is they'll go in there and they're checking. The weather in Macon constantly to see if it's going to be clear because they know if it's clear I'll be streaming. So if you just check the weather in Macon, if it's going to be a clear night, um, I'll be I'll be streaming. Awesome! You, I, you just every aspect of what you're doing is got people involved. You know, even having you know people copy and paste uh, snippets about what you're observing in the chat is it was hugely helpful. I loved that that was happening. You know, you had the Orion Nebula sitting on the Rasa, and and it was there. There was somebody posting about how far away it was and what you know how how big it is and how you know all that kind of what constellation so it was really neat you really you really got a good community there econ what'd you call them econ 
Yeah, the congregation. The uh, congregation. The big, <laughs> and and the, 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 the Big Scope Club. We call them the Big Scope Club. And uh, whenever a new follower joins, they're, they're the newest member of the Big Scope Club. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's fun. It's a fun stream to watch. If you guys listening haven't checked it out yet, it's Econ Greg on Twitch. He streams every clear night and it's really a lot of fun. It's really engaging. The community there is very active and uh, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's a great place to spend an evening for sure for people all over the world. Apparently he's got a lot of, a lot of people from everywhere. So um, I want to thank you, Greg, for, for joining us. And on behalf of Dustin Gibson, I want to thank you all so much for listening. And as always keep looking up. Space Junk is produced by Deep Astronomy and sponsored by OPT Telescopes in Carlsbad, California. Please visit our website at spacejunkpodcast.com. Also, please send any questions and comments or ideas for new episodes to spacejunk at deepastronomy.com. <laughs>